This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For all NBA Warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. Yo, what's up? It's Golden Spaces, you know, Odyssey Original Podcast. I know you guys are used to Nat with the intro, but she's in the Bay right now. She just watched the Warriors uh, lose to the Timberwolves in embarrassing fashion. Um, I got my guy Charlie here. Filling in. Charlie, what's up? Yeah, you know, doing... Doing about as well as I can after watching that. Uh, felt <laughs> felt real good, and then, boy, did I just get away right at the end. The story of the season, man. Fourth quarter collapses, important games. Mm-hmm. Story of the year. It's tough. It's, this team giveth, and this team taketh away. Like, you almost have, like, a, an eerie feeling going into games after, like, they won a few in a row because it's like, all right, this is where the BS starts, <laughs> right? Um, definitely not like last year. Obviously, they won so many of those games in the beginning of the season. Um, but this year, it just feels like every time they get some momentum going, they just kind of take their foot off the gas or run out of gas and um, just just lose games in, in just terrible fashion. So, um, you know, if whoever – if you didn't watch the game, right, the Warriors lost to the Timberwolves um, – Spoiled Gary Payton's return. He looked pretty good. Um, would you would you think about GP two tonight? Yeah, he looked. It, it looked like he barely missed a step out there defensively, which is just crazy. You know the way he flies around, gets active. Um, the way he's able to switch off assignments too. Like Minnesota has a lot of dangerous guys who can do a lot of different things. You know, you've got. Kyle Anderson is looking to get to like his floaters and in the post, and Conley's going off of handoffs all the time. Ant's looking to get downhill and create. So I thought it looked like he didn't miss a step there. Um, offensively, there were some times where I think it looked a little slow. You know, he kind of didn't really know where to be in front of guys, and you could tell that the coordination was a little bit lacking. But you know, it's his first game back with the team after what seventy games at this point being away so you know a lot's changed it's gonna take him time to get used to it but you know we still saw the old gp hitting the offensive glass leaking out in transition uh making great cuts on the baseline to get open and yeah made a couple good passes too so you know felt good to have him back i think i think it was definitely a boost to the vibes it's just a shame how they had to squander that at the end (laughs) yeah 
I mean, it seemed like they were squandering it throughout as well. Like, um, I think a lot of us expected them to, you know, come out with a little bit more, um, you know, come out a little bit more sharp than they did. I think it was, what, 29 and 29 at the end of the first. Um, and then they went into halftime with a two-point lead, but it just never felt like they were on their A game from the jump. Um, I think Steph might have hit his first three, and then after that he was just – kind of off um, and his three has been a little off recently, but um, Clay also didn't shoot particularly well. I think they combined, I want to say um, 13 for 40 from the field. Um, just not going to get it done. Most nights, they definitely still had a chance tonight because Jordan, um, you know, scored the ball pretty well, eight for 16, three for eight. Um, then he got to the free throw line as well. But when this, when the splash bros are, are not scoring well, it's going to be tough no matter like who you play, right? But what did you see out there in particular that, you know, I guess bothered them, you know, tonight, Steph and Clay in particular? Well, I think, you know, Steph, Steph was able to get his shots, but I think the Wolves played some really good trail defense. Um, they have a lot of guys, especially Mike Conley, who were able to recognize – I'm not going to hold this guy and deny him from getting around the screen. But if I get around the screen, I'm going to pressure him without fouling. I'm going to get a contest on the shot. I'm going to force him into something he doesn't want to do. And I think it worked enough early on that they kind of screwed themselves towards the end. You know, you saw some possessions where Steph would get like a decent amount of separation and have room for, you know, a mid-range pull-up, floater, or runner over Gobert's drop, and he just wouldn't take it because I think he was just kind of a little, maybe a little in his own head at that point, you know. But I think the Wolves, you know, they that's the thing with those Gobert systems is you have to have guys who are willing to play well around these screens, and if they're going to get knocked off the screen, they need to know what to do in trail. And I think that's what Minnesota did a really good job at tonight. For sure, for sure. I, w- I was watching the game, and I'm just – I couldn't help but think, like, man, this is, this is a lot of traffic cop. Dre and, and Loon trying to find these guys off of these pin downs and off of these handoffs and they just not getting a lot of separation. So I'm just thinking to myself, well, let's go bear. He's, you know, pretty slow footed on the perimeter. I think he's going to drop more times than not. And in, in the case of these switches, they should be able to get to the rim. Same thing with cat. And it just felt like when Jordan was in, they, they went to it a little bit because, you know, Kerr trusts Jordan as more of a, you know, pick and roll type of guard. Um, or at least he he understands that that's Jordan's primary, you know, form of attack. He isn't Stephen Clay mm-hmm. running off these screens and stuff. So he uses him as a as a high usage pick and roll guard. And they were getting a lot of success from that. But when Stephen Clay were in the game, they were kind of going away from it, or they weren't leaning into it. I think as much as as people would like to see. Um, is that kind of what you saw too? Like it just seemed like Draymond was just there waiting for guys to get open the whole time, and they just weren't getting open. Yeah, I think that's sort of the problem is they're so used to the system working that when it doesn't work on a given night, it's tough to adjust. And mm-hmm. yeah, I think you made a good point. Poole did make a lot of adjustments that really helped. But, you know, at the same time, I think there were also some possessions where you get Gobert out on the switch and then you know, kind of take a little, like, one, two-step dribble and then just try to pull up for three. And mm-hmm. he did play a great game attacking. I think he he went in with a lot of purpose. He was getting really aggressive in the first quarter, kept it all the way up through the end. Um, One play I liked in particular was 
you know, Jane McDaniels really struggling with the fouls all night. Uh, he couldn't, he couldn't stay on the floor. They were consistently putting him in trouble. And mid fourth quarter, you know, McDaniels has four. He's getting pretty handsy on the perimeter. So Poole just decides to take him right to the rack, draw that fifth foul. Like I think that's mm-hmm. that's a really kind of positive awareness sign where he's he's playing with an awareness of what's going on on the floor around him. And I see this guy. I need to attack this guy. I need to do the best I can to like draw the positive result for the team. But I do think at the end of it, you know, they got a little too comfortable with sort of their own types of shots. And, you know, they really needed to switch it up a bit against this team. You know, like you said, force more switches, get down to the rim, get to the free throw line, because that's what you can get when you're the more athletic team against a big team like Minnesota. Yeah, I agree. Um, And, you know, just one side of Jordan, you see – positive awareness, positive recognition of, of situation and time and score and stuff like that. And then at the end of the game, you see turnover, 35 foot step back with eight seconds left and in a big switched on him. Um, I mean, I keep, I keep coming back to the fact that he's still very young and it's, a, it's all a learning process, but that's just a tough, that's just a tough, tough shot to take in that situation, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then it just seemed like Steph and Clay, like you said, they were just kind of in their head with the way Minnesota was trailing them and just kind of always on their shot. So they didn't seem too aggressive in the half court at the end of the game. They kind of let Jordan take it over. Um, that's just, you know, what do you, what do you think of that? Like that was just kind of, kind of weird to see. And then it just kind of threw everything off. That's why they got that turnover at the end. Yeah, I think, you know, I understand what they were trying to do. Like, Clay had a couple aggressive shots down the end that were really good. Um, he had that three coming off a pin down that gave him the lead with about three minutes left. So, you know, they were still able to get their actions, but I think they recognized that Poole was creating the biggest disadvantages against Minnesota because, you know, they have they have slower guys who are better at, you know, trailing a guy like Steph and Clay who are just trying to get a small amount of separation where Poole can get a large amount and really punish them. So I can understand why they wanted to, you know, default to him down the stretch because he had sort of a hotter performance. But, you know, you see the danger in that when he takes the the really deep uh, 35-footer and, you know, he's the outlook guy in that last possession and then tries to get a little too, I think, a little too fancy with the pass uh, to Steph. And, yeah, turns it over and turn over that pretty much, you know, cost him the game because, you know, being, being in that scenario where you have the option to get a two and try to tie it or a three to go for the lead is such a different ball game than uh, mm-hmm. up, like, down three, needing a three, two seconds left. Because they can just, you know, throw everyone out to the perimeter. They can deny play and step the ball. Uh, we saw that foul by Connolly, which was pretty smart, but... Yeah, no, it, re- it really just throws things off at the end, the way that I think they handle things. Right, right. 